All right, this is Nick Verity. I'm here with the Operations Mastery Podcast. Today, we're interviewing the COO of McCown Gordon, Steve Levy, and we appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, well, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to chatting about growth and all that means. So, McCown Gordon, tell us the type of jobs you guys do and the size that you guys have grown to over the last five or seven years. Just a little bit about the about the firm. Okay, so uh, in terms of growth, and I, I do prefer to use the word evolution because mm-hmm. growth at this pace can be scary to some folks. Uh, but in the last five years, we've we've doubled, uh, almost doubled in our revenue uh, position. So uh, people count hasn't moved, has moved about 12%, while the revenue has almost uh, doubled. And that's just because of efficiencies we've moved into the business. But uh, next year we'll be we'll be close to a billion dollar business. Wow. So, in, you know, when I got here uh, five years ago, we were around five hundred and nineteen million. So, considerable growth, considerable evolution. We've become a very lean business. The business we've been around since nineteen ninety nine. So next next year, twenty twenty four, will be our twenty fifth anniversary. But you know, it's we're we're scaling, we're growing, we're taking advantage of certain markets. We're not centric to one market sector. We play, and we play well in quite a few market sectors: civic, commercial, construction, multi, um, small amount of multifamily, quite a bit of healthcare, quite a bit of K twelve education, quite a bit of higher ed, ed education, quite a bit of uh, manufacturing type business, uh, type quite a bit of uh, research and development type work. So we, we're we very diverse. And that I think that has helped us grow because when one market sector has been down, we have kind of offset that by, by taking advantage of growth in another market sector. So we play very well in both the public and private side of, uh, of the construction industry. And, and that served us in this uh, pretty rapid growth uh, pretty well. So when you look and you mentioned you came on five to seven or five years ago, what were the big changes you've made and your teams made that you think have caused the business to grow uh, at the rate it has? Uh, I think growth, I think consistency helps growth. So Mm -hmm. although we have multiple offices in multiple states, the business operates as as a unified entity. And that's because the the group stressed consistency across all the business. We use the same platforms. We manage our projects the same. uh, We train our individuals the same. That has allowed us to open offices, which obviously Mm -hmm. uh, brings in additional revenue by using our folks from established offices to go and help open those offices without any additional training. They know the McCown Gordon way. They mm. know how we do business. They know how we interact with the client. So that, that, is me, that has helped to scale the business into new markets and geographies uh, pretty seamlessly. And that, that those, those move, moves have helped to increase revenue pretty dramatically. Amazing. So when did you first expand to other markets? It sounds like started in Kansas City. 
And then when when did you move into others? So our first our first move to, was to uh, open an office in Manhattan, Kansas. That was in 2010. Or no, I'm sorry, 2014. In 2019, we opened an office in Wichita, and then in 2021, we opened an office in uh, Dallas. And then in 21 in 2021, we started a national vertical business in manufacturing, uh, mostly in food and beverage manufacturing. So that's almost like opening another office in terms of bringing revenue into the business, that kind of thing. Yeah. Amazing. And so you say consistency, that that's a lot harder than it, than it seems if different places and departments are doing things differently or with different softwares. How are you able to create change like that in the organization and get everyone moving in the same direction? Well, the first thing I did was I, lo- I looked at where we had redundancies and we had quite a few redundancies. People, people think of something new, they add something to something. That's all great stuff. But if you don't get rid of the old, it just sits there and uh, is, is there for people to use if they so desire, which is not obviously desirable. So the first thing I did was... I, the, the commitment was we weren't going to add anything unless we take something away. So it wasn't just stacking work and new product and new platforms and new ways of doing business on top of others. It was looking at what was not efficient, outdated, didn't really serve any type of value or ROI, eliminating that and then adding new stuff. So even though we were adding new, we weren't adding additional. We were trying to reduce the amount of additional. So that helped to to get people to buy in. And and then I think if if you pick the right tools and you pick the right processes and procedures, sooner than later, folks start to see the value. The, The value to them, the value to the business. We're an ESOP, so we're 100% employee owned. So any way you can have the uh, associates see the value in what they're doing, which which relate value, efficiency, ROI, re, uh, you know, just results in increased margin, which increases the share price that they all benefit from. If you can show those kind of links and mm. and tangible outcomes, uh, people buy into what you're trying to sell a lot easier. Amazing. These processes that you develop like do you have a a way of thinking and going about them to to create them uh i think the tendency of a lot of operators is to solve a problem by adding a step uh or a thing whereas you have to look at it in a different way in order to eliminate which is really difficult for for people to conceive in their minds do you have any ways of thinking that that are helpful there yeah i think one one thing we did here was we involved uh the end user we involved mm. so whether we were trying to improve a process in-house or we were bringing in an outside technology, outside platform, we always, we, we have, well, we, we didn't always do it, but we have tried more and more uh, in the recent past to, to involve the end user in the, uh, in the evaluation of what we're, either the evaluation or creation of what we're trying to do. So any, any tech that somebody's trying to sell to the business, part of the sale is you have to give us three months worth of free, free use. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so that we can vet the uh, platform out and really make sure that one, 
it benefits the construction industry too. It's not a work in progress. Mm. And some of those other things. So that that's something we've done. We we do have a uh, a team here that looks at change and evaluates change. So uh, they prioritize what change is going through the business. They look at see whether there's a, what 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 is the benefit of the change. Does it make life easier? Does it mm-hmm. improve the uh, uh, the ROI? Does it bring value? All those things come into so that so that it doesn't look like change is. You've got to make sure. In a business this size, that change doesn't look like something people up here are just pushing down to folks down there. You have to mm-hmm. you have to turn that whole dynamic around and make it the other way. That this yeah. is this is the thought may come from many places, but the actual process of developing, implementing, vetting, evaluating, all those things need to involve the end users as much as you can in in that process. And I think we've become pretty successful in doing that. 100%. When you look at some of the big problems other construction companies face, things like projects overrunning, endless change orders, uh, maybe the customer isn't fully satisfied with a job. How have you guys approached those things and been able to deliver so well for your customers over time? What, what do you think has like created that great brand and reputation? Uh, I think, uh, you know, our, our culture, it all starts with our culture and our core values mm-hmm. of integrity, performance and relationships. So mm-hmm. we we compete in a city that has a lot of big players in it. companies that are in excess of revenue, uh, in excess in revenue of four billion dollars. Mm-hmm. The I won't I won't give them the free publicity of naming them. They know who <laughs> they are. But. But we have to compete against those really big boys every every day. And uh, the way we've managed to do that successfully in Kansas City is, I think a lot of it is through the way we deliver our projects to the customer. And that sounds like a cliche, but it, mm-hmm. it, it really is not. Not every contractor can pull it off. And it all boils down to how we communicate because we, we have change issues all the time. Mm-hmm. We train our folks in change management the McCown Gordon way, which a lot of that is how you deliver the message to the client, right? Mm-hmm. And how quickly mm-hmm. you develop, develop, deliver the message to the client. So that we have a pretty robust customer experience program where our mm-hmm. customers are surveyed at the start of the project, during the project, at the end of the project. That feedback is obviously very important to uh, how we develop teams. Uh, we treat that customer in the future. So that has helped us to continue to, to be successful. But it's continuing to stress in every public forum with our associates, we stress the core values, integrity, mm. performance, relationship. And it doesn't matter what order you put them in. If if you live by those and every decision you make is around those three core values, and the way you treat your customers around those core values and the way you are honest about budget over. I have, but we have budget overruns over here, but we're trying, I think we're very transparent with the owner and the sooner the owner knows, you know, it's no different than buying a car. If you go to the car dealer and the dealer tells you it's $10,000. And when you go to pick up the keys, it's $12,000. That's a much worse reaction than if when you went to the dealer, he said, Hey, look, 
the car was $10,000. We had an escalation. It's now $12,000. Let me see how, how I can work with you. You may have some initial disappointment, but it won't be anything like the surprise at the end. So we, we really try to avoid those surprises at the end. We try to have a very transparent process here. And for the most part, I think the owners really appreciate that. They, they, they may be a little, a little upset at the beginning, but they understand. And then you try and work with them and offer them different ways of, for, to uh, redeem value throughout the project. And, and normally 99% of the time, it, it, it's a good outcome for us that results, results in uh, a repeat customer. Incredible. And I think it, it sounds like a cliche, but the values actually matter. Those three that you have. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's not a cliche. It, it, no. Those things are non-negotiables here. Yeah. Yeah. And um, a lot of companies, they just want to get the sale or so and please the customer all the time. But being honest up front sounds like it serves you really well mm -hmm. as projects wrap up and, right. and you get repeat customers. Um, amazing. Do you you know, thinking back at some of the other major problems you faced or others face, like, do you have any other tips on operating a business of this scale? Maybe how technology and, and digital um, comes into play there or, or anything else? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of technology out there, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and every one of them is a shiny object. So you just have to be really careful about how, how, you, how you stack technology in, in your business. I mean, we have... We have quite a bit of technology here. Some are just to operate the business. Workday and Procore operate the business. Some are here to improve efficiency, smart PM, uh, instruction site, pipe, uh, power BI. Those things help to improve efficiencies. But we, 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 you know, a couple of years ago, you know, everybody was knocking at the door. And we tried one or two that just didn't work out, and we were kind of a little stuck with them. So now we're much more uh, deliberate in how we vet technology and what does the technology actually do and how does it really help. And uh, the vetting process is, is pretty stringent. I mean, I, I know one example of a company, Bespoke, who uh, you know they, they they were knocking on our door for two years. We we let some other companies be the uh, bleeding edge, and uh, once once we heard from the other companies the benefit it brought, we brought them in at a smaller scale, and I think it's working out to the point now where we'll probably bring them in a hundred percent. But that's how we are, and good for them for being for being patient and understanding where we are. Uh, they, I think they will benefit from. From us using their product, uh, but that's how we are. It's not. We are pretty. We just don't let. We've we've had good stuff in, and we've had some bad stuff in, and now we're just trying to be. We want to be leading edge, but there is a lot of uh, technology out there that can make you slip over into the uh, bleeding edge real quick, and we don't want to be there. Yeah, a lot of shiny objects. A lot of shiny objects. <laughs> um, but you know, chat, chat, I mean. AI technology, chat GPT, that stuff there, that all that stuff is now starting to find its way into mm -hmm. the construction industry. And, you know, there are some platforms out there that I can see in a year will make a, a superintendent or project manager's life out in the field much easier, make them more efficient. And so that they're spending time doing what they're supposed to be doing versus 
searching through documents or whatever. So we're, we've already started to look at that stuff and started to evaluate how does, how does that, once it's refined, defined, all the all the bad stuffs out of it. How can that help uh, help the business, help our folks out in the field uh, to be more efficient? Do you have any any last um, thoughts or or advice for other operators out there, um, especially in your space or really in any? I mean, I think I think not just in my industry. I think manpower. You hear that a lot, but I think brain power is also becoming an issue. So, not just the skill folks out in the field, the superintendents, the project managers, carpenters, those those folks. But there's also, uh, you know, a strain for brain power, for people that can lead operations, for people that can uh, do the accounting functions of the business, uh, skilled HR specialists, all those type of folks. Uh, there's just, just because the industry is growing so quickly, there is a shortage of those individuals. So. You know, getting involved in workforce development early at the high school stage, finding a way your business can work with community colleges and junior colleges to to bring folks in with an associate's degree versus a four year degree. So and then just spending time in the community, stressing as best as you can how how lucrative this business can be. I mean, a lot of people it, it's not easy work. I mean, I have folks out there now out in the field in 30 degrees snowing weather. It's not, nobody's saying it's easy, but it can be a very lucrative business. And I think we as an industry, I don't know if we do the best job collectively selling that. Uh, we do it individually here, here and there. Collectively, we need to do a better job through our through our AGC associations and affiliations, through all of those, we need to do a better job. So that's something I'm trying to work on here uh, in Kansas City, because I see I see manpower and brainpower continuing to be uh, an issue. We we can always build factories to make more batteries and make more this and make more that. You you can't just produce human beings. We haven't reached that level of technology yet, so we've got to attract the human beings that are out there as best as we can. Hundred percent. So you're talking about really hiring and recruiting early on in the cycle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. really, really critical. Amazing. So yeah, this has been super valuable podcast. This is one we're absolutely going to blast everywhere. So I really appreciate your time, Steve, and and really congrats on your success. I'm sure if we interviewed you in two years, it'd be well past <laughs> that billion mark. So as long as it's not four years, because I don't I'm not here for <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well I'm in my 40th year in this business. So oh yeah, you're waiting for it. In a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, congrats on your growth. Absolutely. I appreciate that. And thank you for the opportunity to spread the good news.